0: In a make-believe world as vast as Hollywood can offer, there are movies that stood the test of time to us and to us alone. These films may or may not resemble the critically acclaimed classics that have acquired accolades at glittering star-studded award ceremonies, but have won their way into our hearts. These movies are not iconic, but my iconic. This time we watch a family fantasy adventure with a big story, courtesy of a little hero, and a European martial arts professional comes good, despite his bad acting and visually uncomfortable outfits. The films are Willow and Kickboxer. Do you want to lead us in? Or shall sure. I...
1: No, you no, you do. I don't like doing it. I don't like the pressure.
0: You don't like the pressure? No. <laughs> there is. But how many blisters do you ultimately <laughs> think we have?
1: well it's like three of my family four of my family
0: I think on my Um, side it's my dad and I don't even know if he's actually listened to it or my sister and my sister and because he said about it to my sister although I have uh, mentioned it to a friend of mine was a producer on a big big time Charlie uh, podcast Um, I'd give him a shout out if I thought we had more listeners but we don't (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so welcome one and all to the Myconic Movies podcast again. Uh we come to you with two more movies that mean something special to us but hopefully uh to all of you uh as far as touching you in the feels as far as <laughs> What, what we discuss is concerned. Hopefully it's relatable and you'll enjoy it. So perhaps you'd like to share with them uh, the movies we have this time around.
1: And I'm going to specify, I picked okay. Willow. You don't the want 90th. to be
0: associated with the one I picked.
1: <laughs> no, no. I have to distinc- make a very firm distinction between these two films. So I picked Willow, you picked Kickboxer, the Van <laughs> the Van Dam classic,
0: um,
1: I but I I think I think we should do Willow first.
0: Willow first. Well, Willow is very much a firm family favourite, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. As far as this is,
1: I think this is our first proper family film that we've covered. That's yeah. a, that So and we're encouraging everybody to get round, go, go and watch this this week. Mm. Get your families together. All ages can go can watch this. It's a it's a firm family family favorite film
0: it is very much one that you would associate with it's christmas time everybody's together what should we watch i know willow let's watch willow isn't it yeah uh, the kind of thing that from all ages can watch um so without further ado i will read to you the the blurb for those who haven't seen it where have you been yeah, they, they don't, these people don't exist. Everybody's seen Willow. Do you think, or do you think maybe generationally there might be a few younger people who haven't, uh, haven't that's, seen that's it? That's
1: true. I don't think any of my kids have actually seen it. Um, and I, that's, that's a great blight on, on my fathering, really.
0: Especially as you that. as you have fathered Nelwyn children.
1: All right. I, and you, I think we need to address <laughs> this early on. <laughs> Why? Because, okay, so obviously Willow is about uh, a, a dwarf. Can we uh, say and, that? Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a technical term. Is it not small term. people? Okay, well, it, in, it, it includes small people. Mm-hmm. Willow is the lead character who is a small person. And now I don't have, neither do any of my uh, my offspring, have any medical condition that we're aware of that that makes them... <laughs> small but we are a family of small people and i knew i knew it would come up i as soon it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy i knew that it would come up with me bringing up willow um but i can appreciate to some degree the abuse that willow suffers during this
0: <laughs> as a result <laughs> and it, of and being a small home. person yes yeah. it is so I, I, I suppose if your kids and you are Nelwins, that would make me <laughs> and my kids Daikinis. <laughs> that's correct okay we'll learn more a little about that as, yes. we, as we discuss it but here's the blurb for those who haven't seen it who want a little bit of a, a brief synopsis as to what it's about so uh, when young Willow Uffgood, our lead played by Warwick Davies um, finds an abandoned baby girl He learns she is destined to end the reign of the wicked queen, Bavmorda. To protect the child, Willa must team up with a rogue swordsman played by Val Kilmer and overcome the forces of darkness in the ultimate battle of good versus evil. So that is pretty tame stuff, isn't it? It's classic movie fodder as far Mm. as uh, what you'd expect from a fantasy film. This is fantasy, it's set in a world Whereby there is all kinds of magic uh, and and mystical uh, beings and creatures from fairies to pixies to brownies, Uh, the Nelwyn people, who are, of course, the small people of Willow and his village, Mm -hmm. Uh, the Daikini people, who the Nelwyns refer to as being just kind of our normal sized people. Uh, Oh, that's (laughs) a loaded term. Come on. Okay, non Melwin-sized people. Non
1: Mel, we we would call it hu, average human size. Average
0: human. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, so getting getting started. What what? When did you first see? Like I say, this family family classic.
1: Pass. So this was what nineteen eighty nine, I think. So I'd have been six. Nineteen eighty 1989, I think. Uh, nineteen eighty eight. So, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, so. So I can't remember the first time because I'd have watched it certainly not at the cinema. So this is probably would have been on TV. Christmas TV when it would, you know, first out. So probably 91, you know, ni- 1990, 1991. We might have even rented it on on VHS at some point. Yeah. But it uh, so I'd have been like 7, 7 or 8 maybe. Okay. And it's just I don't remember a time pre Willow, if that makes sense. It's yeah. it's always been in my psyche. It's been with uh, us for so it's long. It's been with us forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and and that and it would have been then anytime it was on TV, any Christmas, Easter, bank, holiday, whatever, it I'd have watched it. Because it, it is a it's it is just like a, a classic kind of thrill uh, family thrill film you know fantasy adventure yeah brilliant so that that would have been that how i was introduced to it as i said i don't remember a time before willow i assume that's the same for you because you're even a little bit younger than me so
0: yeah absolutely um i want to say i know i've already cited it as being like a christmas movie i honestly think that's probably when i first Mm. sat and watched it with my sisters my brother family everybody sat watching willow at christmas Um, it's almost like one of those films where it's comforting. It's almost comforting Mm -hmm. in a way. It's so familiar that -hmm. when you put it on, it's like music that you've listened to for years and Mm -hmm. years. And you're so familiar with the band and the music and the lyrics. Um, It's that kind of thing. Watching it again, perhaps in the context of us being a bit more critical of it, if you like, Mm -hmm. and picking stuff out from the movie. Um, I want to get, I want to, take it down an avenue whereby we've already kind of highlighted the issues surrounding small people in movies. Mm. But it's almost like I want to discuss the, the, the demise of small people in Hollywood. Okay. Because this is a, a movie from 1988 and since then there has been, uh, not even steady, it was quite probably quite a rapid decline in having small people in movies mm-hmm. so i'd say maybe 70 to 80 percent of the cast in this film were small people mm-hmm. and if you think back in hollywood you've, you've got like films like time bandits yeah where you had leading again leading parts from mm. small people you mm-hmm. had uh, if you want to go back further than that you had the lollipop guild in Wizard of Oz, more small people. And it seemed like there was a very firm place in Hollywood for small people. And then go forward, maybe like 15, 20 years to Lord of the Rings, Mm. not a small person in sight. And yet we've got this entire cast, if you will, Mm -hmm. of Hobbit roles being played by, as we have determined, Average size, size humans, yeah, yeah. So what happened? Where did they go? Uh,
1: okay, so I have a I have a theory, and it's it's I can use Willow as evidence Ooh. for for why I think that is the case. Why why techno- technological advances within uh, visual effects has led to fewer and fewer small people, uh, people with dwarfism, and other uh conditions um which mean that they're small why fewer and fewer of those are getting leading roles and why it's relying on average sized actors to play and then uh, you know using visual effects to to shrink them down mm. and I think it's because so very few small people are good actors because <laughs> <laughs> Because the, we, Warwick Davis, I think, is a half decent. Oh, actor. he's phenomenal! I th- yeah, I think he does a really good job in this film. I struggle with almost every other small person in this film. <laughs> Being completely honest and critical, yeah, the acting isn't great from the other small people.
0: Do you think that because the small people are small? that they feel like they have to overact in order to create a greater screen presence. Maybe, but I also think
1: it's, and this has been, I'm being genuinely serious now. Like this is not ironic in any way, shape or form. I think because there's so few roles for them to play, like genuine roles, I mean, where do they crop up? They crop up in pantomime. They crop up as mythical creatures. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? They're, They're almost typecast to play a type of role. It's it's a dwarf in a in a uh, what did I just say um, in a uh, pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're playing fantasy characters, wizards, little little funny creatures that have special powers and stuff. Yeah. They're not playing straight up roles. They're um, they're I mean... always mythical. In, in on the whole. Yeah, yeah. So so they don't get to. To, to act just kind of straight yeah and so because those opportunities aren't available to them i think that the their acting abilities just aren't aren't as up to scratch as people who of average size who can play a variety of roles and mm. and get their you know
0: not earn as, their stripes not as finely tuned perhaps yeah they've not had the opportunity to really grow as an actor yeah <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm sorry to anyone Growing experience Growing experience Yes As an actor Yeah, yeah, perhaps I think that's probably as good a reason as any As to why the opportunities are there I'm thinking, since you were speaking I've actually had a few instances where Like Warwick Davies in Harry Potter alone Plays Hmm. like how many roles?
1: At least three that I can think of
0: Um, Then you've got Game of Thrones as well the other fella who's in peter dinklage yeah he's in quite he's established himself as a small yeah. person actor quite
1: and a and a really good actor yeah. like right up there yeah he's brilliant but again what what roles is he playing he's playing well no he, he no he's not mythical or i mean it's a mythical show like it's a fantasy yeah, show yeah. but he's he's just a he's not got any
0: special powers or anything. Has it? Doesn't a... he play, he plays the, the small, the children's book writer in Elf though, as well. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, he's playing on the idea that he's a small person, but it's still a straight role, obviously in a yes. comedic sense. Yeah, in yeah, As yeah. much as he's a regular person who happens yeah. to be small, who is being uh, who, who visualized um... as an elf by, by Buddy.
1: By yes, Will exactly. Farrell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I suppose small people, you would hope then that the future has something in store still for the small person in Hollywood.
1: I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I th- I think. Well, there's so there's so few. I mean, it's it's only Warwick Davis and Peter Dinklage that I can think of. The the only two actors I could name. That. That have dwarfism and and kind of get semi regular work. There I was, can't think of any more.
0: There was the fella who died, who was in, um, who played Mini Me in the. Um,
1: oh yeah.
0: Austin Powers. Yeah. Movies. Yeah, but um,
1: what else was he in, apart from?
0: Yeah.
1: Austin Powers.
0: I mean, he was quite a troubled character. Yes. It would say him off screen, you know. Yeah. Um, certainly lived large, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Besides the this this en- enormous cast of small people, mm. what were some of the, the the key moments or the things that struck you whilst watching Willow again as a as a, a firm favourite? Okay, so i
1: I think this, the the story fairly generic, right? It's it's a evil queen who rules over this this land this this mythical land, and there's a prophecy, there's always a prophecy, a prophecy of a baby being born mm. that will cause her demise and will break her control and rule well, over this kingdom.
0: It's, it's messianic, isn't it? It's messianic, the usual. Yeah. A baby is born, yes. it's going to save us all kind of thing.
1: Yes. Why is there always a mark that identifies this mm. destroyer of a... There's, there's always an identifying mark, because that's the first thing they check for, is there's a mark on... on What's her name? I can't even think
0: what the baby's oh, name Alora is. Laura Dannan.
1: Uh, Alora Dannan. Uh, there's always an identifying mark. Anyway, so it's the story's fairly generic. It's fairly straightforward. It's a story we've heard many, many times before. Um but that doesn't bother me. The 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 way in which the story unfolds <laughs> with 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 the unlikely hero again. Every, it's all very very generic. An unlikely hero who is Sent on a quest to go and save, to save the baby that will ultimately save all of mankind. Yeah, like that. That's the role of Willow. I think that the so the the story, although it's been it's generic, I think it's 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 really really good. One thing, I mean, and I look the start is brilliant because we we get the world kind of immediately. It's this dark kind of. Uh, medieval type landscape and and these like devil dogs that are the most terrifying devil dog creatures that have like rat's tails and like (laughs) they're mad that they used to terrify me to be fair
0: i want to that was one of the things that i really enjoyed about watching this again was the devil dogs in as much as like because again this was a movie of a particular time prosthetics were only so-so so Mm -hmm. So the devil dogs it's almost like the dog equivalent of like a bad wig for the (laughs) devil dogs (laughs) they've got like these really gnarly looking rubber faces (laughs) and then yeah the rat's tails and this proper nuts hairdos on the back
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. um but yeah the devil dogs i particularly like there's one moment at the start though when one bursts into the village the Nelwyn village and just get set upon by like 10 small people, 10 Nelwyns yeah. who just lay waste to this dog <laughs> with spears and everything else. Yeah. And then in the wake of all that, when this devil dog is well and truly dead, one of them says, <laughs> check to make sure it's not still alive. <laughs> <laughs> After they just run it through, like if you were to pour water into it, it would literally seep out the sides <laughs> like a showerhead but, yeah, but to they've say, got to be,
1: they've got to be sure and I, have got I, to be sure yeah I, I i think that's just sensible to make to make sure it's it's gone i mean that that bit though so that bit where the, the devil dogs enter are they actually called i found out what they're called they're called knockmar hounds
0: ah right it's interesting that we of, both called them devil dogs though yeah, as well. in my it, notes cause... i wrote devil dogs <laughs> 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 um
1: but that bit's genuinely terrifying when they cuz i'm and I don't know whether it's because I'm a small person, but like, because you just think like the, these are going to run amok. They get this. This village is going to be wiped out mm-hmm. by these devil dogs. Yeah. And the little uh, Willow's little daughter, and she's just oh, just, she's just screaming and yeah. weeping, and, and um, yeah, it's it's terrifying. But that 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 bit's really really good. Yeah. Um, I tell you who who really surprises me because I've got a low. Uh, low opinion of him for some reason i don't really understand why val kilmer in this film is brilliant he (laughs) plays the role so so well and he is he i genuinely believe that he is um mad mordigan just he he's brilliant Mm -hmm. he's absolutely brilliant and he he plays the the kind of rough tough uh anti hero or it's not really an anti hero but like a an unwilling hero an unwilling yeah. uh savior he plays it brilliantly i think and it, and i get like this is the time of kind of like han solo uh, indiana jones and and he's never going to get that same kind of credit
0: yeah. but i think he's i think he's brilliant in this role do you know i actually think that his playing or his portrayal of this role It's probably as close to how I think he is actually in real life. (laughs) Like in terms of having like a laugh and dossing about and getting the job done. Like, I don't know if you saw the the documentary on his life, obviously with him becoming Mm. very, very ill.
1: No, I haven't seen
0: that. He was prolific on set to the point where he'd be told off by directors like all the time um, of... Recording on a camcorder what was going on and filming like oh, really? filming like he what he was getting up to yeah on set um, kind of like
1: behind this doing his own kind of a little behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes
0: and he just has reams and reams of these VHS tapes from all the movies no he's worked on to the point where they were able to piece together this documentary of him oh amazing and the evolution of his his career but it would seem if you were to compare how he is behind the scenes and the kind of character he is. To Mad Martigan you'd see that oh it's kind of like he's he's playing himself a little bit. Oh. It gives him the freedom a little bit to to be himself on camera and on and on set. Um but there was one thing I I wanted to discuss in Mm -hmm. relation to the character of Mad Martigan that I noticed. (laughs) And it actually features in both the films for some weird in some weird parallel reason as to why. I don't know. But that's the evolution of his outfit throughout the movie. <laughs> in as right. much as. Right, so he, he's hung in this cage, isn't he, for some kind yes. of treacherous betrayal of someone important. We, we, never we don't really,
1: really know, do we? We know he's just been put in this
0: cage. Yeah, yeah, put in this cage, sentenced to death, leaving there, and Willow, in his quest to keep Alora down and safe, they obviously fortuitously meet, and they end up letting him out. Mm-hmm. And they were instructed to give the baby to the first Daikany that they see. Who mm-hmm. this was, Mad Martigan. And it's apparent from the very start how questionable his character really is. Yeah. They go, they give it to him, they part ways. Irrespective of what happens with the baby, Mad Martigan goes off on doing his 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 thing, uh, living his riotous life of debauchery and whatever <laughs> else it is he gets up to. <laughs> And it's clear from one of the scenes he's having an affair with a woman mm. whose husband is very close at hand in the bar downstairs of the inn there upstairs in one of the rooms. And in realising when the baby gets stolen, they get the baby back and they go and seek him out and say, how the flippin' heck did you lose this baby? Anyway, it's very surely... Could you imagine if that was the line? How the flipping heck did you lose this baby? Um. And in doing so, he has to don a dress, a pink dress, to pretend mm. to be uh, the woman's cousin when the fella comes up. Yeah. And he makes good his escape anyway. It, it makes for a good escape scene afterwards in a, a, um, a cart with horses and everything else. And he ends up in this dress. That's his outfit for the next few scenes. Yes. Yeah. He's captured, right? And oh no, so in between that scene and him being captured by the buddies, he then fashions the dress into like a pair of like pink parachute pants. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But he that tucks so into good. his boots and it's like yeah. this is this perfect outfit he's created yeah. from a dress and a belt and a pair of boots. Yeah. But then from going as incredible as you think that transition then is, he gets captured, and then the next time we see him. He's on horseback and they've been cut off into like a pair of a pair of pink like daisy dukes. <laughs> so now he's just wearing he's topless, yeah. dais pink daisy dukes and boots mm. shackled yeah. to a horse as a prisoner. And you're just like but, but
1: That's, that's so quite good. the
0: wardrobe change there.
1: But it's also Realistic because, of course, he's not, he hasn't got spare clothes, and they're not going to give him, yeah, some yeah. alternative clothing to wear. I think that it, from the costume department, that is brilliant thinking, yeah. Just like we're, we're going to change his outfit, but it's still in keeping with what he was previously wearing, we're going to just adjust it, yeah. To it's, make to make it look a bit different,
0: and it worked. Yet yeah, in your mind, you're like, "Oh yeah, look, he's got he's yeah. gone from parachute pants to Daisy Dukes <laughs> <laughs> in, in the blink of an eye." But you don't think twice about it no, because you just like no. that, that oh, was
1: what he was wearing. Until you've just brought that up, it didn't even occur to me that he was wearing the same dress just in a, a, in an altered way. <laughs> different but that's so good. That is so good. Can I come back to that scene <laughs> where he's so he's having it off with with this married woman whose husband's downstairs and yeah, she's, we, we, we enter the room, um, with Willow and he's, he's trying. Yeah. She, she's, she's quickly trying to stick him in a dress and, and, and come up with this story that she's her cousin and, you know, just visiting and, and he has to don a a female voice and cover his face as much as possible. So the husband comes in um let, let me just find find the bit. Uh what's the right, husband's right,
0: name again? Is it like Okay. Uh
1: it's Is it Lug or something like that? Oh it is. It's Lug. Yes, I found I found it in my notes. His name is Lug. Um So Lug comes in <laughs> and it and instead of being like well, he is a bit like, oh, who are you? And she, and and his wife's like, oh, this is my this is my cousin. She's come to visit me, and he instantly starts hitting on Val Kilmer on on Mad Mordigan, thinking it's his wife's cousin. Hmm. So, what kind of a, a marriage is this? In where front like of his wife. Oh yeah, she's right there, and he and he asks. The, the most inappropriate question to ask any human being in the world, but let alone your <laughs> wife's cousin, he goes want to breed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's what, and he, it is
1: uh, but, but Mad Mordigan's um, response is even better, he goes
0: tempting mm, <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah, he, he becomes properly amorous in a way that like yeah, I was actually thinking when that was happening, it's like did we sit and watch this as a family? I know, yeah. Like, he's probably feeling him, her. Mad Martigan's fake under under, yeah. under, boobs that he's got going on. Yeah. Pillow boobs.
1: Yeah, instantly sexually assaults her. <laughs> yeah, like, essentially. Instantly,
0: yeah. But yeah, I was thinking, goodness, what did we make of this back in the early 90s, watching this That as a that flew That
1: flew right over my head as a kid. I didn't get the connection. It was just kind of like, here's a man trying to chat up a woman. I don't think I really fully understood like how inappropriate that whole that whole scenario is.
0: Yeah. In fact, actually I one of the things that I noticed as well when I was watching this as w- in terms of just for this to be a family classic, a family favorite, there were quite a few properly either dodgy bits or graphic bits where I just mm. thought this is insane. So yeah, a proper like a, sexual predator groping someone who he believes to be a woman that the behavior the behavior is inappropriate regardless um there's one that probably shocked me when they're um they're in the village they're looking for the baby still the soldiers and one of the um it's when they're up in the mountain at this point they've made good their escape Mm. and The Bavmoda's soldiers and her daughter, who's a baddie to begin with, of course, um, who eventually falls for Val Kilmer, um, uh, are after people. The villagers are kind of trying to defend and hide them. And this one uh, soldier just walks up to this other villager who's already on the floor and just boots him in the face, (laughs) square in the face. Um, There's the trolls, so the trolls at the end who mm-hmm. I remember as a kid being properly terrified, terrified of. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them, there's this bit where it just gets ripped to bits in like by a magic spell and completely mm-hmm. like inverted to the point where you see blood and innards and everything else. It kind of looks like a
1: pulsating brain. Yeah, it just looks yeah. like this
0: mass, this fleshy mass. Um, and then there's the so, <laughs> there's some of the battle action when somebody gets the leg caught in like a bear trap as well. <laughs> it's like all of this stuff and the one you know when you first start watching a movie and in the top left corner it gives you a little bit of a warning about some of the content so in spite of all this the only um, warning that was given was contains tobacco depiction (laughs) (laughs) so we can have groping sexual predators mindless violence gore but this yeah. movie contains tobacco depictions, so just be aware.
1: That's mad. What was that on Disney Plus? That was, was Disney that,
0: Plus? Was that yeah. Plus. I mean, come on,
1: get get your uh, <laughs> get your priorities right. Yeah. To just depict tobacco, really. But it, it it yeah. There's so many scenes that that were that were terrifying as a kid. That and 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 the the trolls just look like uh, the they they've bought secondhand the the costumes from 2001 a space odyssey like the, the gorillas <laughs> the at the gorillas beginning at the and they've just changed like the, they've put this gnarly mask on yeah. that just makes them a bit more grotesque yeah um the devil dogs so the devil dogs was terrifying the trolls were terrifying the the big giant creature that the trolls yeah. turn into the two-headed kind of like long just like big big monster thing mm. um that's really scary. Okay, the thing that... Now... So, Rob, Robin still hasn't watched this. She 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 kind of popped popped in while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, oh, you're watching Willow. And she said, um, oh, it is, is that Willow pointing to Warwick Davis? And right. I was like, yeah, yeah, he he is Willow. And um, she's like, I was like, have you ever seen this? And she's like, no, no. And I was like, do you know what it's about? And she's like um it's about pigs isn't it and i was, <laughs> I was like i was like no because she'd only ever seen that one scene yeah. where at the end where they all turn into pigs Yeah. and that bit in in the transfer like that where they're semi-transforming oh, and like yes. he gets like the big tusks the peak, and yeah. and like his hands start fusing and they and the, the whole army turns into pigs that used to genuinely scare the crap out of me yeah because
0: visually it's really really terrifying it's, yeah, it's, it's quite really important. unpleasant it's quite a potent visual isn't it it's, yeah the, the thing that is probably the most terrifying is the mid change yeah when they turn to oh, when, pigs. They're, when they're just pigs
1: it's just like all oh, right they're yeah. just pigs but, but it's it's that it's the realization and the way they start kind of like oh, some of them start probably start like writhing around on the floor stuff, yeah, yeah it's
0: it's really really horrible <laughs> yeah so the uh, number of things i suppose in a good way though that you look back on fondly whereby whereby you think oh yeah i was properly terrified as that of that as a kid but by that same token you were kind of morbidly fascinated by it and you'd still yeah. keep coming you couldn't back take to
1: your eye- yeah you can't yeah. take your eyes off it yeah and it's in, it's funny i've written written this down so when when um What's her name? What's the queen's name? Bad, bad Morda. Bath Oh, Bath Morda. When when she's casting that spell and turning them all into pigs, because she's got her evil priests that are always kind of mm. milling around, hasn't, hasn't she? And one of one of them properly gives her side eye, like, "Whoa, take take it easy. This is this is a bit much." He, easy, he, he, he's Mordor, like, "Whoa." Yeah. <laughs> I tell you one thing that doesn't stand up in this film, and I know, like, it's not a big deal. But the whole love story between mm. Mad Mordigan and Bad Morda's daughter, and I can't think what her name is. But so, she's uh, Sorsha. Sorsha. So, like at the beginning, she's she's one of the first characters we see, and she's she's identified the baby. Oh yeah. She's she's whipped that baby from its mother and is take, takes it off to. You know, ready to take it off to a mom to, for it to be killed, right? Yeah. For it to be slaughtered. So she's a pr- she's pretty evil, yeah. right? She 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 comes across Mad Mordigan halfway through the film or whatever, and he clearly likes her straight away, right? He's you know he's he's a red blooded male. Yeah. She she's she's a beautiful beautiful average side human. You know, it it's a match made in it's, a, it's
0: a little bit kind of. Um... Like playground courtship as well. Oh, I hate you! Get <laughs> get away from me! Oh, you're yeah. such a wronger, yeah. aren't you? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. <laughs> what is he says? I love to, I'm looking at your leg because I'd like to break
1: it. Break it? Yeah, exactly. What? That kind of thing. Just trying to get her attention because it, yeah. it is that kind of look. I I hate who you are, but I'm really attracted to you. Yeah. Then he has this potion blasted oh, in yes. his face, which makes him fall in love with the first person whatever that he that he sees and he just so happens to see her and he's overcome and he professes this this uncharacteristic poem you know he he kind of recites uh, poetry prose to her and that's all it's that's all it takes and it plants this seed in her head where she's kind of like oh actually does he like me does and then then the 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 thing that really sells it to her and which turns her completely is when they're in that place with the trolls and the big monster and he's fighting off like single-handedly like her entire army and she's she's just stood watching watching him fight and that then she just turns and she sides with him and starts fighting her own army now come on that that doesn't stand up in a in a writing kind of way because we don't even see I'll tell you why if they'd have written in just even a little hint that she was a bit unsure of killing this infant infant child um, but she's not she's she's full in full in full in until this man turns her head and it's a bit weak. Come on, even for 1988, th- this is we we need something a bit more to show that she, sh- why she would just do a complete 180 and go from need, the evil side to the good side. You need to
0: understand the power that in 1988 a man with long hair actually <laughs> had. And so you here you've got Val Kilmer wearing his hair. And- just unkempt flowing Mm. and then Mm. in certain scenes scraped back into the ponytail
1: a proper man's man isn't he
0: yeah and and sometimes i actually think in one of the scenes when he's under the influence of the love powder the special pixie dust that he's wearing like a black open shirt (laughs) do you know what i mean he looked like an extra from some kind of uh rock band Wow, do, do you think? Do you think what it what it
1: was? And that whole scene kind of um, instills a bit of kind of Morrissey because he had like flat, <laughs> flowing, kind of blousy type tops that he would yeah. wear, kind of like semi open, like, like a halfway down Bucanee his navel. Yeah, yeah, kind of new romantic, and 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 he's and he showed his his sensitive side by by reciting some kind of uh, poetry type prose, and
0: uh, yeah and then Maybe. by the and then next thing you know he's properly handy with a sword
1: oh so he's got everything really full hasn't full package he? Hair, yeah
0: wardrobe all right, okay. love poems swordsmanship i stand corrected there. i stand yeah. corrected it's, if you were in fine. her shoes you'd do the same that's all i'm saying yeah i
1: do have one other thing which i think is is difficult to buy so this baby that's going to destroy the evil queen's reign Mm -hmm. why can't because she she get the there she gets the baby at the very beginning of the film like the first minute the baby is in the possession of the queen Mm -hmm. right the evil queen and then there's always a really long-winded ritual which they have to go through (laughs) to kill to kill the baby to kill this this whoever the the whoever's got the power to bring their reign to an end mm. there's always a really long ritual it and at the beginning it
0: doesn't just warrant time and effort it warrants a specific outfit
1: yeah outfits <laughs> you need ingredients you know that you got to wait for thunder and lightning it's yeah. it, it and the trouble is is that she loses the baby at the very beginning of the film as they're preparing for this ritual, it allows time for somebody to come and snatch that baby away and, yeah. and it's gone, right? So you would have thought by the end of the film, when it's now back in her possession, they'd just like slit its throat or smash its head in or
0: something. <laughs> just get it over and done Just get with. that baby finished off. Yeah. 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 We don't need <laughs> the lightning this time. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: no. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Pass me that giant rock. It's all over yeah, with. Yeah, baby but they, but it's not, so they have to prepare for this really long ritual, and then she turns into Mumra. She's just wearing like ribbons, oh, yeah, she just does, like yeah. just uh, like bandages underneath her cloak, and it's and it's a real Mumra kind of feel that she that she's going for, mummified kind of under mm. under her robes. Yeah, but that that did make me think. What, well, and I get it in a in a writing kind of way. Again, we need to create this. A way in which gives us time to the suspense builds and gives us chance for Willow to, to save the day. Mm. But it's not even Willow that does save the day, it's um the the other old wizard, female wizard that I can't remember what her name is.
0: Oh uh, Rosel.
1: Rosel. I mean she ultimately does does the job, but Willow Oh no, because he does the magic trick. He does the, pig, the pig trick. He does uh... he does the pig trick. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Willow's but the, the, there's of always,
1: hand yeah, there's always a really long ritual, and I, I just think flipping.
0: Yeah, I, I want that's a mistake. I, I want us to think. I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier on. We'd get to it um, about some of the the cheap shots that are taken at the expense mm. of uh, the small people in the movie. Yeah. Uh, one question I had as I watched it and as the term was used over and over again was is the term peck used or was it ever used as a slur for small people before the movie or was That's it a good, made for the movie question. to be used good in question
1: it? um now i don't know but i imagine i imagine it was used beforehand but i think it really ramped up after I oh, think yeah. this kind of normalized it. it normalized and I think small, small, back. small people everywhere after this film came out they
0: were, like, oh, were
1: no. brandished
0: peck. This is gonna, we're gonna live with this for the next 30 years. And
1: I, I, I think it's overused in this film because all the different people refer to Willow as peck. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like universally, like, just accepted that. He's just going to be called Peck. And even the brownies, who are significantly smaller, call him Peck.
0: <laughs> so the Nelvins, they, they never stood a chance, did they? No, really? no. I think one of the scenes, like the, when they first find Mad Martigan in the cage, the term Peck, I, I, I didn't count, but it's used like 20 times in the space yeah. of about two minutes. It's a lot, yeah. yeah. And it's like, too much. It is too much to the point where you're like, oh, this is... It's getting a bit strong. I'm starting to really empathise here with...
1: A modern day equivalent, I would be, is the use of the N-word in any Quentin Tarantino film. It's overly used.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. And also one of the other things was how, how undignified it was of... Val Kilmer to almost treat him like a child when he comes out the cage. Like he picks him up and he throws him up in the air. <laughs> and like yeah. puts him on his shoulders. Or like even as an act of compassion where he can't walk anymore. Like he picks him up when their prisoner's mm. being pulled behind the horse. And yes, he picks right. him up and puts him on his shoulders like a little kid. It's like, oh, I know... Obviously, that's meant to be, like I say, an act of compassion. But there is something a little bit undignified about picking up a fully grown man Mm. and putting him on your shoulders simply because you can as a result of him being Being, a small person.
1: Yeah. Do you know that he was only like 18 when
0: this was filmed? Warwick Davis. See, I did wonder that because I thought he's getting on now. Yeah. And this is 1988. So how yeah. old must he have been, yeah. So yeah he, was, sense, he was
1: only yeah. about he was only about eighteen. And I think he's I think he plays it so well. Like I at no point do you go, Oh, this is a kid playing like a an mm. adult. Like a you know, 'cause you, you you would imagine he's with two young kids like that, <clears throat> his yeah. character's gotta be like thirty ish.
0: No, he he plays it like a man of experience, I would say.
1: And I tell you what, when they lose the baby for the second time in the in that castle scene where where and I understand he's why he's so kind of like emotionally raw is because he's is this is the most terrifying experience he's ever had and there's trolls and there's this big two headed thing and <clears throat> all these soldiers and he's and he's he's bloodied, he's he's kind of got blood pouring down his face because he's been battered about. But the way he reacts to losing a lot, what's the name? Alorna Dannon Alorna Dannan, yeah it genuinely made, made me tear up a bit because I just fe- I felt, felt I oh, felt his yeah, pain oh yeah because he
0: stumbles doesn't he yeah and he falls over. Like, yeah, oh, he's, he's, oh. he's in bits yeah yeah he yeah. elicits genuine sympathy from you as if he yeah. owned, doesn't he
1: yeah Nice. And the music's really good as well in this film. Shout out to Howard Shaw. I think it's a great soundtrack. I think yeah. it's a great score.
0: Uh, iconic. An iconic yeah. soundtrack, without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, thinking now about your favourite moment, any? I mean, we've obviously discussed a lot of our favourite yeah. moments. Are there any standout favourite moments and or lines from the
1: movie? Okay, so my favourite moment is when they're, when they're sledding down the mountainside... <laughs> And it's clear that Willow, they've not put a stunt double in. They've just literally replaced him with like a rubber dummy because he literally is just solid.
0: (laughs) So when we used to watch this um, as a family, do you remember um, the do you remember the like busts? That girls used to get to do the hair. Oh, yes. And they were yeah, called yeah, it yeah. the girls world. That's what they were called. <laughs> so that shot in the movie, I remember again, my brother and sister watching it, and they used to call that particular shot the Girls World shot because it just <laughs> they'd taken Willow and replaced him with the girls world. And then he jumps out of <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me so there's a there's a throwback for you not just from the oh, movie incredible Oof. a girl's world the girl's oh, world shot, brilliant yeah. oh that is so they brilliant. replaced willow with the girl's world nice oh yeah.
1: that was my that was my favorite bit oh that's
0: so good Ah, oh. my my favorite yeah, moment which both caught me by surprise and made me chuckle was when the dragon's head just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> straight, yeah. straight up covers everyone in flipping dragon head bits. Yeah. And yeah. it falls to the ground. <laughs> and it's the fact that it's just like almost like a cartoon balloon first, like boom. <laughs> <push> And just explodes over everyone.
1: Well, that whole scene where you have like the the fake Val Kilmer on top of it as well. It's oh, like yeah. it's, it's, like it's not good. It's yeah. not good. It's not visually visually very good that bit. But it it doesn't matter, it's still great.
0: Stop. Stop motion Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um and then I only have one favourite line, which is a bit Okay. It's odd, it doesn't come from any of the main characters, but again, it took me by surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I suppose again it um it typifies the the the, the derogatory attitude towards the Nelwyn people mm-hmm. as they go into like the bar to try and find your man upstairs. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the fellas who's off his tree in the bar spots the two Nelwyns, um, Mee-Gosh and Willow. And he says, get out of here or we'll cook you.
1: <laughs> I missed that. I didn't hear that.
0: We'll cook you. I'm like, <laughs> of all the threats to make, not I'm going to flip in, kick your head oh. in or I'll give you a hiding. Oh, we'll cook me. you. Yeah, you... like a
1: lobster. Oh. I'll just pick you straight up and chuck you in a, in a pot of boiling water yeah. and we'll cook you up like a delicacy. So that,
0: that line really struck a chord.
1: Uh, I, well, m- mine is somewhat off camera as well. You, You... you You'd be kind of blink and you miss it kind of thing. So when they're in the village council after the devil dogs have come in and and they're trying to establish what what's been going on, and how to, you know, what can be done about this, what some somebody off camera just goes, who's to blame? It's like they're looking for a oh, scapegoat. They're the looking for it, somebody John. to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it.
1: Because he goes, who's to blame? He goes, who's to blame for this? We must find the culprit and throw him in the pit. Oh, with the pit.
0: What? Well, <laughs> yeah. All I can imagine is because it's a a village of small people. It's the, the, the pit, oh, that's the worst the pit, thing. The pit, the pit yeah. isn't very deep, is it? I no, suppose. no, no,
1: no. It's like three foot, but it's
0: deep <laughs> enough. Yeah, deep enough to hold a owl. one.
1: Yeah, that was my, my favorite. But this has got so when the, in the fight scenes, the sound effects. It's the same if you've watched uh, Indiana Jones the originals. Whenever somebody gets punched, there's a very distinct sound in the Indiana, Indiana Jones films, right. and that is just used in in Willow. It's the exact same sound. Ah. As it is like the a proper deep kind of thud punch. I suppose and, it's like
0: the it's the George Lucas <clears throat> Foley artist, yeah. I guess. isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. And also, whenever somebody gets knocked off a horse, it's. The scream is always the same from 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 the person. They just they just put the same kind of scream. I've I've tried to practice it and try and recreate it for you, but I'm just no good. But it's quite quite high pitched,
0: isn't it? And the, it's kind of like a. Aah! It's the Will uh, the Wilhelm scream? Do you know? Oh no, I don't know the the Wilhelm right. scream. Right. Okay. So this is Hollywood cinemas. Greatest ever sound foley artist in joke, right? So oh, okay. The film, the film. I can't. It was a western. I can't remember whether Wilhelm was included in the title of the western or was the character who first made the noise. Um, gets shot off his horse, and he goes, oh. ah, and he makes yeah. this really over dramatic noise as he goes Got down it. off the horse. Somebody recorded it. And The Wilhelm Scream, if warranted, is used in every single Hollywood movie ever since.
1: Fantastic. I love that. That is so great.
0: So The Wilhelm Scream, look it okay. up. I'm pretty sure yeah. there's a YouTube video which has every single film. I, it's like oh hours wow. long and has yeah, every Wilhelm it is. Scream. But yeah, that's that's The Wilhelm Scream. I great. actually thought the same thing. I was like, oh, there it is. There's The Wilhelm yeah.
1: Scream. Got it.
0: Cool. Well, I suppose in closing with regards to Willow, did you spot this uh month's Hollywood working class hero in the movie? Hmm. Might have been hard to spot because he was in heavy costume.
1: was it the was it the dude skeletor? Was it the dude who get who has a skeleton face mask?
0: No, no, no. So this uh working class hero is Kevin Pollack. <laughs> okay. kevin po- of course when you hear that name you immediately now go of course it was yes of course. no so kevin pollack was playing one of the brownies oh so he was is it Fran frangine one of the brownies frangine um kevin pollack is from usual suspects he's one no. of the guys in the lineup i can't remember his name in usual suspects now he's the guy who gives it the whole do you want a buckshot shampoo, Shelby when they're um taking out the diamonds from the police officers he's the one who's being caught at the start he's in the workshop with the paint can going he's also in Wayne's World 2 when they're putting the concert on and he's the city permit guy with the dodgy eye. oh yes, yes. <laughs> are you kidding I give my right eye so Kevin Pollack plays him He's been in numerous other movies. Oh, wow. Once you you know, you see him and you go, oh, of course, it's... I did not have a clue. But there he was, Frangine the Brandy in Willow. fantastic. Right, so,
1: moving excitedly. Wait, I I need to know what your... No, I just want to know what your overall thoughts of it were. So, overall thoughts
0: of the the movie. Watching it now, again, as somebody who... um, Uh, makes videos and is involved in filmmaking, I thought the location scouts did a superb job of Mm -hmm. sourcing these locations, not only to genuinely sell it to you as this mystical world, but when they were shot, the cinematography and the kind of studio composition work, where it's kind of obvious, it's it's green screen in the background, but it still works really well. In terms of they've created this really majestic backdrop and landscape that totally sells it to you as this magical mystical place and still watching it now, I go this looks really good um yeah. as far as the overall look and feel of the film is concerned mm. um yeah. and it's it's willow at the end of the day I don't think I can really say anything too bad about it I, no I'll, I'll there's a reason why we chose it as a magic yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just, and not, not for sentimental reasons, I think it's, it, I've not watched it for a very long time, and it stands up. Mm-hmm. It just stands up as a really good action-adventure movie, family yeah. av- action-adventure movie. I, I just think it's great.
0: Brilliant. So, Willow, if you've not seen it... <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I'm excited about this next one i really mm. i genuinely <laughs> excited. I, I wasn't as excited when i first suggested it and then within the really? first few minutes of me watching this movie i just thought this is going <laughs> to be brilliant and because i hadn't watched it in so long okay i forgot how fantastically terrible this film actually is
1: okay i'd, I'd, I'd agree with half of what you just said then
0: Okay, well, was it, that the fantastically terrible? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kickboxer, brilliant. Now, um, I didn't write the year down. Did you know the year? Ni- Nineteen
1: eighty-nine. And to be honest, okay. that is a shock because it has the look and feel of something much earlier. The, uh, this
0: looks and feels early like an early
1: eighties. Early eighties.
0: Yeah. So, Kickboxer. Let's give you the <laughs> um, the blurb and then we'll jump right in. So, uh, this is from YouTube, where you can, you can rent or purchase. Um, and it says, Accompanied by his brother, Kurt, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, American kickboxing champion, Eric Sloan, played by Dennis Alexio, arrives in Thailand to defeat the Eastern Warriors at their own sport. <laughs> <laughs> his opponent, Ruthless Fighter, and Thai champion Tong Po Tong not only defeats Eric he paralyses him for life (laughs) (laughs) crazed with anger Kurt vows revenge after a crash course in the ancient techniques of kickboxing from Thai master Zhan Chow Kurt challenges Tong their battle to the finish born of lust power and revenge (laughs) We'll leave only one man standing, and I'll give you one guess as to who that might
1: be. Mm, Yeah, uh, from from the very start, we know how this film's going to end.
0: Yeah, so that pretty much, that synopsis there tells you every single thing you need to know about the Mm -hmm. story, but I'm hoping, given what I've taken note of and what you have that we're going to go in a completely different direction (laughs) i I, the reason i got so excited by this film was that in the first few minutes of the movie i was immediately confronted visually by a tight jerry curl on dennis alexio (laughs) The, the seediest of mustaches yeah um, some, some, a double denim outfit on mm-hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme mm-hmm. not just double denim double denim with cut off sleeves yeah
1: Yeah. I made, I made special note of that
0: <laughs> and some vests that were so close to exposing the nipple <laughs> at the one side that became a little bit of a theme throughout the yeah. the movie. That I just thought we are in for an absolute treat here. We're in for a, a visual spectacle for one reason or another.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you're you're gonna have to lead this because, and I'm just gonna throw throw some things. This is my this is the first time I'd ever seen this all the way through. Oh, really? I'd seen I'd seen clips. I said so the kickboxer. All of my previous knowledge <laughs> of Kickboxer was from you was from other friends Neil whoever basically uh, reciting a few lines or <laughs> d- or ad- 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 adopting adopting the tong po fighting stance <laughs> with fists <laughs> up high and yeah. just charging at each other n- with knees flying yeah. and that's 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 it that's so when I saw tong
0: Po taking Uh, the high guard take take, yeah
1: (laughs) take that stance i was like oh of course now i remember now i see yeah
0: yeah so i mean my first i can't remember really when i first saw it it would have been yeah so our mate neil not so much just him your other friend from school yeah, um, who was Kieran also or Jamie or it someone? Was, yeah, it yeah. would have been Jamie, I believe, who <laughs> would have who was, from what I recall, a huge Van Dam fan, massive. All that. So you had Kickboxer, Bloodsport, yeah, all those. Universal those Soldier, Universal Soldier. That's
1: all of his films, aren't there? Time Cop,
0: um, oh, Time Cop, yeah. All the Van Damme classics from the, the late eighties, early nineties, were kind of introduced to me and us. Yeah, through that avenue, yeah. and I remember watching kickbox. It might have been round at, at Nellie's house. house. Um, it might have been just I I sought it out on my own because I'd heard mm-hmm. all the, I'd heard great things. So I thought, brilliant, let's let's have a look, um, and see what what this is all <laughs> about. <laughs> so, as the synopsis suggests. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Are you oh,
1: there's, there's another bit there's another bit that made me laugh. And I can see I can see one of my friends re reenacting this bit, but I want to get to that when we get to it.
0: Okay. So th- as it says in the synopsis, Van Damme's brother, um Eric he's is... Sorry, I need to stop right there. <laughs> so eric his and bro- kurt his brothers he's very brother, tenuous i mean
1: it, they don't look like brothers i mean eric looks like ac slater from saved by the
0: bell <laughs> <laughs> my, i think my <laughs> wife said that she walks in at the one moment and she says isn't he from saved by the bell He's like the jock yeah. football player. Yeah, I'm saying it was it that. was the first thing I was just like,
1: I mean, all already I'm questioning the believability of this film. The fact that these are supposed to be brothers. He is a straight up American. Van Damme has got this really thick Belgian accent, yeah. and 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 they look nothing alike. And then there's even like a little bit of like a bit of dialogue where they. They talk about... And they make it very clear oh, that they, they are... They
0: spell it out, don't they?
1: Yeah, like, we are brothers. Like, And it's not even, like, half-brothers. They've got the same dad and the same mom. One's been raised by the mom and one's been raised by the dad. But somehow, that has mean, meant that they look completely different. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Already, I'm already just like, this is not believable as a film.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the thing that I really kind of semi-enjoyed in a, in a little bit of a sadistic way, but I think you, you're you kind of supposed to as well, is how Eric is totally being set up at the start of the film to get his ass kicked. Yes, <laughs> like As far as it comes in, it's showing him him beating up all these guys. I believe, actually, Dennis Alexio was a legit um, Muay Thai fighter. That's why oh, they got really? him in the role, yeah. <clears throat> well, that
1: doesn't surprise me, because it sounds like all of his lines have been overdubbed after the fact. And I imagine yes. that's because he's a terrible actor. He couldn't,
0: he couldn't deliver them. Yeah. So yeah, Dennis Alexio's there to the point where he's getting set up and one of the lines he delivers. I'm like, okay, right. Yeah. You're, you're going to get it big time. Tong Po's gunning for you. <laughs> it's when it cuts to him post fight opening fight. Yeah. He's got the, the championship belt in the U S mm-hmm. and it's like, Um, Eric, what's next for you? The reporter asks him and he says, where are you going to go? I hear Thailand's got some great fighters. Maybe you'd think about going over to Bangkok and he's like Bangkok, Taiwan, Tokyo makes no difference. I'm kicking ass wherever I go. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, okay, right. Mm -hmm. I see. Well, you are, you're going to get it, son. I'll tell you this much right now with that kind of attitude. Maybe it played up to my sense of uh, xenophobia when it comes to Americans <laughs> and the fact that this guy is being set up you know he's going to get beaten and it's going to end badly and the fact that he's American I'm like yeah he had it coming oh, didn't? He? <laughs> <laughs> well it's because it's because that idea
1: of like so he's con—he's won the national championships in America hasn't he yeah. therefore he thinks he is the best Muay Thai fighter in the world because he's won the American the national championships oh no I think
0: he's being touted as the world champion at uh, that point oh is he yeah. I thought that
1: was just the national championships no, no, oh no oh okay alright well well then I, I understand his arrogance a little bit more yeah
0: so that was something that mm-hmm. I really stuck out in the in the initial uh, opening few scenes <laughs> the other one was <laughs> like you said they really don't do him any favours in these opening scenes They're, they then go to Bangkok right I'm going to take mm-hmm. on the world's best and uh, it's hilarious how stoked he then is to go and pick up a hooker in bangkok (laughs) because it's like mate you do realize you did this through no effort of your own it's her job (laughs) in as much (laughs) as you can chat her up in inverted commas you can Mm -hmm. bring her flowers but at it the makes end no of the difference. day it was going to happen wasn't it yeah
1: money's money's going to change
0: hands this yeah. is a transactional thing but yeah. like he like he said to van dam doesn't matter she wants to make it with the chap.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is he makes they make it him so unlikable that when the inevitable demise happens i couldn't care less like yeah. i i couldn't care less that he's that he's paralyzed because he's such an unlikable.
0: Face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like. Yes. Good. Yeah. Tong Po. I'm. I'm rooting for Tong Po in this fight.
1: Well. Shall... I'll, I'll, well. Let's get to that. <laughs> yeah. A bit later. Let's get to it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So in terms of so Tong Po is the main main protagonist, if you like, in terms of our buddy, um, looking to take on first of all, he flipping batters the life out of um, Eric. And now Kurt, distraught at what's happened, needs to wait, go. Wait, 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 on the we, we need
1: to talk about the way that that he actually does inflict that injury on Eric, mm-hmm. because it's the most feeble, like crappiest way. Like I'm expecting, <laughs> like you know, in in in. Um, uh, Dark Knight rises where Bane lifts Batman above his head and he slams him down oh, and like breaks, breaks his too. back. Yeah. He just he just elbows him on the back when when he's like <laughs> on all fours it's just the best... oh and this is after eric has thrown the towel in, sorry that kurt has thrown the towel oh in, yeah and Po is like no chance kick <laughs> kicks the towel back out the ring and, and just as his like final final uh finish him move on and snaps <laughs> prior to that
0: though you'd think if he wasn't absolutely battered doesn't he, he delivers like some proper 10 15 hit combos Mm. quick succession in mm-hmm. his face and his yeah. body it's yeah. like if he was a heavyweight muay thai kickboxer anyone in the world would have gone down after being oh, hit yeah. like that yeah so maybe it was quite literally the mo uh, the the elbow that broke eric's back <laughs> you know he was already broken inside
1: so maybe mm. that's all. Right. It okay. Took. So he was,
0: he was weakened and Tong Po had already softened him up. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Maybe so. Oh, can I just say though, talking about the um, the choreography of the fight scenes, mm. did you notice that Jean Claude Van Damme choreographed and directed all the fights? <laughs> of
0: course <scenes>? he did. <laughs> of course he did. Of all the things he had to do, it was that mm. to make himself look like the flipping mutts nuts at fighting. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I think we then move on, don't we? Um, and there's this moment, obviously, with all these move, fight movies, especially, there's the big loss. There's the mm. moment of despair. How is he ever going to find his way back? Well, we know it's not going to be Eric finding his way back because he, you know, no. he's, he's back flipping knackered. He'll never, as the
1: doctor says, he'll never walk again.
0: He'll never walk again. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, it's up to Kurt then to avenge. Uh, his brother's loss.
1: Now, Kurt, who doesn't really have any fighting experience, he's just he's just kind of like... Oh, no, he helps train Eric. He trains. Doesn't he talk Is about he train-
0: karate championships as well? in like. Oh, Belgium? OK.
1: All right. But certainly not
0: Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah, he's only dabbled he's, in the, yes. the dark arts of, yeah, of that okay. kind of thing. Um, one of the things I actually like when you're talking about the training, one of the things I actually liked about this was when I did my degree in media production, it was all factual filmmaking. One of the things I always appreciate, even in uh, fictional features is when the use of actuality footage to maybe intercut with some of the the scenes which have been orchestrated and scripted. Um, And the opening sequence I totally think was legitimately them on a boat going down the river in Bangkok and the cameraman just shooting stuff to build up okay. this, this right, scene. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. they did it a couple of times, like the scene of them when they're in the park training. Mm-hmm. There's about 100 odd people have gathered behind yes. to watch. And it's yeah, like, yeah. they're not extras. They've totally just turned up and they're going, what's going on here? Two fellas yeah. sparring in the park with cameras filming them. And it's those kind of little elements that I actually kind of like, albeit yeah. they were the most genuine things in well,
1: all Well, this though. is it, so, so like... The, the the most realistic fight fighting that goes on mm. is when he go when he goes searching for somebody who can train him he goes into like a um like a muay thai kind of like gym and there's just kids everywhere just sparring each other mm. there's loads of them and you can tell they're just like locals that they've just this yeah. is like a proper thing and and they're proper sparring with each other and they look really good and like proficient and stuff and it that they are the best kind of fight fight scenes yeah, about as real, it? and yeah. in fact when he comes out there's just two little kids that are probably like eight or nine and they're just fighting out on the street mm. and they those two go watch those, those two because that is the most realistic fight
0: <laughs> that goes <on> <laughs> but, the kids sold it to you didn't they
1: but I did think oh that's that's kind of cool because you can tell that these are just genuine They've like locals yeah yeah at the, yeah at
0: the local club or whatever the local yeah. motor club yeah So in the process then of finding that he has to avenge the loss, we're then introduced to this deeper underworld of which Tong Po is a part. (laughs) And we become, you become very aware of the fact that throughout this entire film, everybody from Tong Po to mid-boss to top boss, (laughs) Freddie Lee. Freddie Lee. Freddie Lee. I would say about 90%... Of the scenes that they're in and because they probably can't speak english yeah. those characters are completely mute yes and they all they do everything through facial expressions and hand <laughs> gestures <laughs> so it's like mm. they do like a, a noise they turn their head and screw their face up or they put their fists up and clench yeah. their fists and they do stuff like that or they'd be a few throat slit the actions, actions yeah. or and then a few uh <laughs> thumbs get them out out the doors and it's only until at the end of the movie that we've really hear and i say hear again probably overdubbed and afterwards yeah. um those people speak including mm-hmm. tong po when he makes that terrible confession in the ring it's all it's all we need to we need
1: to save that we need to come back to that because it is it is awful we've got to build to that
0: you, you can't <laughs> just throw that in prepare yourselves everyone so um <clears throat> any any standout moments then for you uh, when you no. started to watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, any no, bad moments that you really <laughs> t- can't I'm go unnoticed? The the,
1: the the standout moment for me. Okay the the the, the trouble the trouble with the, the entire film. So like he he decides he's going to avenge his brother and he's going to train and he goes and finds this Mr Miyagi type character. I remember Karate Kid came out like five years before this, mm-hmm. so it's really like leans heavily on that kind of there's this old, yeah. withered kind of Muay Thai champion who doesn't want, he's reluctant to train him but then for some reason I can't really remember decides he will train him up
0: yeah,
1: yeah um, and the whole, the majority of this film is just one huge long training um <laughs> Montage Mont, montage of him training and, and slowly progressing. It's so boring. And it goes <laughs> on way too... Like in Rocky, those scenes are kind of like iconic because they're kind of concise and, you know, they're not overly long and he's doing mm. different stuff and it's really kind of like cool. Whereas this, I'm just like, there's only so many times you can see him kick a piece of
0: wood or like to this training. Oh, it's so boring. Boring, it's but so windy. But then when you, you kind of answered your own question as to why that's the case when you said all fight scenes choreographed <laughs> yeah. by Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. it becomes very clear as the film goes on and the montages keep coming that it's just an excuse again for him to take his top off and to do <laughs> yes. and to do the splits. <laughs>
1: yeah. And to do some like cataforms. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> and that's all he's doing. The whole thing is it is just a big long advert for Jean-Claude Van Damme to show us how proficient he is at martial arts. Yeah. It's, anyway, the bit which, my favourite bit of the entire film, and it comes back to complete nostalgia, is when they go to the bar, (laughs) and Van Damme is wearing the maddest costume I have ever seen. He's wearing these big billowy trousers, like, pleated with pleated fronts, slacks. And then he's wearing this... It's, which is tucked in a really tight black, which looks like a leotard but with like braces yeah. instead of like full over the shoulders. It's got like these two clasps here and a zip <laughs> down the front. It looks like a little black dress that like his wife would but do wear. But you know what and he looks he's like? Converted. If you
0: if you went into like. <laughs> Into the eighties, he just looks like a go-go dancer yeah, from the eighties. Yeah, he 80s. does.
1: Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does because it's so low. It's really low, dro- droopy kind of neck yeah. with these mad clasps perilously on close to the nipples at the yeah, side of the back. Again, pecs. always, always. He's he's to be fair. His wardrobe is the best thing about this film. But oh, anyway, yeah. so they go in, they go into this bar. He's wearing this mad outfit. Mm-hmm. His, his trainer, Mister Miyagi, he. He gets him to drink loads, loads of alcohol, so yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a bit, is a bit pissed,
0: right? Yeah.
1: And then he's, <laughs> and then does he go up to a girl, or a girl comes up to him, and they start dancing? And the way he dances, and he claps his hands, <laughs> and goes into this kind of swaying. like a
0: jive, like a gyration. And that,
1: that my mate Jamie. He would forever do that. He
0: just, yeah, he just <laughs> drops into the move. It's because he goes. So,
1: and so, as soon as I saw that, I died laughing because it just <laughs> in, instantly brought back Took that you memory. Back. Well, yeah. there's the
0: line that leads into that as well, which whenever there was an opportunity, if we were out somewhere or whatever, and music was playing and there was dancing going on, is Nelly would turn to us and go, hmm, American disco dancing. <laughs> That's what he says. I want to see you do American disco dancing, (laughs) and yeah, sure enough. Jamie gets clap (laughs) gyrate, he just starts moving away.
1: So good! So that that is the best part of the whole film. And then he just is because he's a proper, like hardcore kind of like criminals
0: that are in this bar, told up as well, like
1: nice, yeah. And 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 he's a bit drunk, and his and his um, his trainer just basically. Goes and tells them to go and beat him up. Oh yeah! And he just he he just fends them all off. It's 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 incredible. So he's dan- yeah dancing and fighting. Ah, uh, that bit that bit is is the best bit of the whole film.
0: Now that's my I, highlight. I have a confession to make after having watched this film as mm. well. Now one of my my musical dirty secrets, if you like. Oh, not so much, I'm, I'm okay with it now, so I'm, I'm quite happy yeah. to say, it. Is that I am, I'm very much um, a purveyor of some of the finest jazz funk that the mm. 70s and 80s mm-hmm. uh, has seen. And so this particular soundtrack, I didn't realise that the whole soundtrack was written and performed by this one guy called Paul Herzog, all right. Um including is, that track. Is he
1: is he a relation of Werner?
0: I don't know. It wouldn't that would be something, wouldn't it? So Paul Herzog writes everything from the synth slap bass score of this entire right. film with hints of like Eastern panpipe and flute yes. and stuff. Um but he also wrote that song Feels So Good. Um oh today so I, I have to confess the next day on Spotify <laughs> I brought up the album and I was walking to pick the kids up listening to the track that, that Van Damme in his go-go dancer outfit was listening to <laughs> and so I'm walking down the street headphones in going to pick the kids up almost almost went did the flipping clap move around the corners listening to this tune um so that was a real highlight for me the one that I wanted to live on <laughs> the next day listening to the tunes mm-hmm. um i mentioned earlier when we we're talking about willow how um one of the things that i noticed was the evolution of mad martic and val kilmer's outfit there mm. was also uh, an evolution of outfits throughout the the various training montages with regards to what um van damme was wearing so he he goes to train with Zhao in the flipping Thai boonies, Is there doing the forms and whatnot? And he's being kitted out in like some kind of peasant peasant rag mm-hmm. outfit, which just consists of like a t shirt and like three, almost like three quarter length. It almost looks like a Hessian sack has been yes. fashioned into his outfit.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then throughout the movie, we see this this sack outfit change into various things but instead of mad martigan's kind of showing this evolution and flow this one changes back and forth as if by magic (laughs) as he's working (laughs) on different different things most of the time it consists of top off with like the top of the trousers folded down with like ragged bottoms. Oh, yes, almost but they're, but they've been cut.
1: They're like in like triangles like something oh, yes. like Fred Fred Flintstone would wear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, they're almost, yeah, some kind of prehistoric outfit that he's found. Yeah. And um or that somebody's tried to make look old. Yeah.
1: So it's it's like how can we make this look tatty and worn? We'll cut it into triangles cut it into at
0: the bottom. <laughs> triangles, yes. Yeah. So there was that, and then it goes to top off, of course, because when mm-hmm. he's doing his training, where he's dropping a big coconut on his stomach <laughs> from the top of the tree, we obviously need to see rippling, glistening abs mm-hmm. in the process, because that's. When I
1: mean, to be, to be fair, if I had his torso, I'd be walking everywhere with my top off because I want I want that on show all the time
0: yeah you say you want it on show but fellas like that the thing that is disconcerting about a guy like that is there isn't a single hair on his damn body like where's it gone
1: no i'd do the same as well i would be perfectly waxed (laughs) at all times
0: (laughs) like that must take a lot of effort to maintain that level of hairlessness yeah
1: I mean, so, come on, we, we both shave our legs. This is, this is not a secret, but the, um, th- that takes a hell of a lot of time. Oh, it takes yeah. me a hell of a lot of time to um, shave my legs. When
0: I'm in the summer, we, we need to, full disclosure here, we shave our legs. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't some kind of club. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're both cyclists, so we yes, shave our legs well, sort of. um, yeah. because there is a certain tradition and there, there are practical applications. So there is, if you come off your bike, it's easy to dress and clean a wound with shaved legs. I
1: I do it because I like the feel and the visuals,
0: I like if I'm the, honest. I like the look, yeah. There yeah. is a certainly, it makes your legs look more ripped. It's like a little bit mm-hmm. of a confidence booster. As mm-hmm. It's like this, look, my mm-hmm. legs are bigger than they actually are. Um, for professionals, it has other um Yeah, other
1: reasons, but not for
0: us. So when I'm in the peak of the summer months, when I'm shaving them regularly, it probably takes me about, 10 15 minutes yeah F- first chair first of the, first s- shave, first shave of the oh, season yeah. takes a while but once you it get is. into it it's not too bad but yeah to keep your body fully
1: yeah worked. your entire body because there is not apart from the hairs on his head there is not a hair anywhere that was visible on, at, on his entire at body all. no at
0: nope. all so to the point where when his his outfit then evolves in the final fight so he's gone from having like a snazzy pair of silk shorts in his first kind of comeback fight to train mm-hmm. him, ready for Tongpo at the local championships, you know, where the band, the Thai band's playing and everything. Oh, yeah. To this uh, catacomb, ancient style of fighting.
1: Oh, yes.
0: So yes. It, they, they dip their hands in resin. And then in glass, obviously, because the notion of a motor fight <laughs> isn't brutal enough, no. we need to make it far more devastating. So therefore, we're going to make them dip the hands in rags, their ragged hands in resin and glass. And then he's wearing the peasant outfit has now evolved into like an action loin, <laughs> which is just, <laughs> it goes round the top round the front to cover the vitals. And then there's a few shots where he's decked and he's on the floor. And he does a few roll rolls on the floor to avoid being decked some more. And it's clear that it's been fashioned into like an action thong. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, you can see that even on at, around the back, he is completely hair-free. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So that I, I don't think I could maintain that level of... Well, I couldn't maintain that level of fitness and physique, let alone... The 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 aesthetic associated with it.
1: No, uh, no. But if you paid me a lot of money and put me in a film, I'd I'd do it. Different story. Somebody's doing yeah. it for you at that. Point. Oh yeah, I of think.
0: course. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mister yeah. Van Damme's coming in for his daily waxing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'll, that's he'll part, of the, <laughs> it's it's part of the the budget. It's got the the backcrack and sack budget. <laughs> 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 so we come to this this final fight. Now, one of the things I also want to acknowledge, this is a game wardrobe slash hair and makeup related, is Tong Po, albeit this is meant to sell it to us as an audience, as traditional Thai hairdo, Mm. is a top knot, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: waist length ponytail.
1: Yeah, it's not a good
0: look. (laughs) Can you say that about Thai, traditional Thai looks? Is it? Yeah. Or is it Hollywood's perception of a traditional I Thai think look? It,
1: I think it's Hollywood's perception. It's like, how can we make him look? What what distinctive look can we give him? Yeah. And that is a very distinctive look. It's not. A, yeah.
0: But well, one of d- the things. At
1: the risk of being culturally insensitive, I don't think it's a great look.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, one of the things it does bring to the table, though, this waist-length ponytail, is um, during the fight scenes, which are then in half, half-time, half slow-mo, high-frame-rate-style mm-hmm. fight scenes for Jean-Claude to show what he's up to, um, it accentuates, it adds an extra dimension of cinematic <laughs> accentuation to see this... Uh, ponytail <laughs> flailing round in the air like almost like a lasso and mm. it almost like points it like wraps around his body and he's like as he takes hits to the face he like rolls his oh, head maybe back.
1: that's maybe that's what they did it for then to really really give it some some kind of yeah a vis- a visual clue of how how he's getting
0: the better of tong po maybe it was van Damme's suggestion yeah maybe if he was choreographing and maybe it was like I think there's one thing which we need to include, which is gonna really sell it to the audience. Is Tongpo needs to have a ponytail, <laughs> <laughs> and then when they see us fighting, it will really add to the the slow mo dimension of what we are doing. Show show the action and the motion to the viewers. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, were there any other standout moments? For okay, you?
1: so th- th- these are standout, but in a bad bad kind of Let's way hear
0: it. Let's hear okay
1: it. so there's so much sexual assault that goes <laughs> on in this film it's really yes. bad so yeah. and also can i just say this right so kurt's brother has been they're in they're in thailand they're not in america this is an unknown country to them that this is not somewhere where they've got all the mod cons and you know yeah. they're comfortable being in this country his brother's just been paralyzed he gets kind of like abandoned on, on the street yes. from from the fight. They go to the hospital. He visits his brother maybe twice in the entire <laughs> film. Is, is it you'd think he should be there every day? Or like making sure he gets home, making sure he gets his a flight back to
0: America and like properly like looked after his brother. Well, they did say though, didn't they, post op that it was like he's not Oh, he can't travel for at least three oh, months. Oh, for three
1: months. Okay, for, okay, that's fine. Okay, I'll take that bit back. So he's got three months to train and refight Tong Tongpo before Eric can even go before home. Before
0: we can go home. So there's yes. no point in okay. trying. We're going to stay no. here
1: and kick Tongpo's ass. So, yeah, so I might as well use that three-month... <laughs> To train, to train really hard. Yeah. Okay, fine.
0: To beat but, the expert Muay Thai fighter who's been working his entire life to get to, like, to this. Yes, point.
1: <laughs> and I've got three months to train up yeah. to to then beat him and beat him in the most vicious kind of, uh, like you said, with with their knuckle tournament. resin yeah. and glass on your on your hands. But he only visits him twice, yeah. which you would think he should be spending more time at the hospital with his with his brother because his brother's gone. No, no, no friends. Nobody That's else true. there.
0: But he had it coming, didn't he? We established well, that. Yeah, because he's
1: an unlikable. But all the characters are unlikable, apart from Van Van Dam. Mainly, Eric. Eric sexually assaults one of the nurses while whilst in the hospital. Properly her smacks, smacks, backside. Yeah. yeah, and everybody just laughs. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> they, laugh, they laugh. Even it the doctor. Yeah. Even the like doctor she's mortified.
0: Up. She doesn't yeah. laugh. But then no. everyone's like, <laughs> "Oh, he's back to his normal <laughs> self." That's great. That's it's a great awful. sign. <laughs> it's awful, and then
1: we've got Tong Po, who so so Van Dam he he builds up an uh, a romantic relationship with the local fruit seller who who's um what's his name not Jerry Lee Ter- Terry Lee what's Freddy, his name Freddie Fre- sorry Fre- Freddy. Terry it's Lee. Quite- <laughs>
0: Freddie Lee. <laughs> Freddie Lee. Terry yeah. Lee would be like a like a Manchester remake of Kickbox yeah. would <laughs>
1: that's I He's them going them up like. against
0: Terry Lee. <laughs> and he's
1: and he's fighting um what's, what's Tyson Fury. No, not not Tyson Fury. Who's that bloke in the car? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Ronnie <Ronny> Pickering. He's <laughs> going up against Ronnie
0: Pickering. For, uh, Terry Lee's organised bare knuckle fight, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so he's, he's he started this romantic relationship. She, she's in this village and, and, and Freddie Lee's got a protection racket going on. So the yeah. goons come and just try and get the money. Yeah. And Van Damme's like, no chance. And he beats them up. But he destroys. He basically destroys her shop. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in, the 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 proce- in the process, <laughs> so like the money, it would have been cheaper just to pay them off because he's destroyed half her produce, yeah. and she's that that money's gone yeah. now.
0: her livelihood, yeah.
1: But uh, Tong Po, uh, it's, I don't even want to say. It. So Tong Po get gets hold of her and 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 rapes her. Mm. It's not we don't see it, but we know that's what's happened, yeah. right? Then uh, he's just about to fight. Oh no, he's in. Is he in the fight? And and Van Dam's bleeding. He's already given
0: him a bit of a lick, yeah.
1: And Tong Po says to him, "You bleed like my Lee." And it's the it's oh. the most horrible. And I get that we're supposed to really dislike Tong Po, but I just think that's so unnecessary. It's like that a ch- Yeah, it was like a so cheap unnecessary. line, was it? It's like, yeah. come
0: on, mate. We know this is meant to be hard-hitting stuff we've got to this point in the film we've realized it's not really hard yeah yeah
1: exactly and this it comes it's so blunt and so kind of not in keeping with the rest of the film because it's it yeah it's anyway it's such a horrible horrible line but that doesn't motivate van damme do you know what motivates van damme to come out and and win the fight He's his just his it's just his brother rocking up
0: in a wheelchair. Come on, yeah. yes,
1: come on, <laughs> yeah, and cheering him on, and that—that that is the catalyst for the change.
0: And then he just yeah. absolutely whips him, absolutely him. Yeah, with yeah. multiple, bah! <laughs> We get slow motion, <laughs> for about five minutes while he delivers blow after blow to Tongpo, yeah. and we see that ponytail just flailing Flail. around, yeah, and. Um, one of the best bits prior to that as well that we've overlooked was in the process, um, before his brother turns up, he'd actually been kidnapped by the buddies, hadn't he? And they were holding him to oh, ransom.
1: I've, sorry, yeah, for, I completely forgot that bit. And we haven't even mentioned the sassy black man, which they oh, there's always a sassy black man, Taylor. Taylor, Taylor yeah. yeah. So Taylor, who is an he's a Vietnam vet, isn't he? Of course uh, he is, yeah. Of course he is. So yeah, sorry, Eric's been kidnapped. And then you've just got this, like... Side, side scene going on mm-hmm. where Taylor just goes in with with heavy artillery and just shoots up the place and, and and get and gets Eric back.
0: Surely that would have been easier just to eliminate everyone with Taylor and his arsenal of yeah. goodies. Yeah. yeah, but I suppose you wouldn't have a hour and a half long training montage and an end fight, would you? <laughs> but yeah, so prior to that, he's been. Taken hostage, and so they hold him to ransom and say, "Look, you go ten rounds or whatever with Song Po, and you're going That's to take right. baiting every yeah. round. I want to see you suffer." Blah blah. Yeah. Um. Because he's also mid mid level boss between Song Po and Freddie Lee, he's put a million flipping ringgit bet or whatever it is on. That's right. On the fight. So they go and help him, and Jean, in the process of him being kidnapped, didn't they? One of them threw a knife at Jean's dog. The dog dies, yeah. No, the dog doesn't die, though. Oh, does it not? Oh, no. no. Because it's at oh, the okay. end scene and everything. He's, he's there. So his brother turns up. The dog turns up. Turns up. Oh, everything's turns fine, up, yeah. Taylor turns up, tells him not to ring the bell and all that. Keep yeah, the fight going. Miley's there. Miley is there. It is truly the Hollywood ending. Yeah. Um, and in true Hollywood style, he gets revenge for the dog being stabbed. He singles out the guy who's kidnapped him and delivers like a punch. Oh oh no, he doesn't punch his gooch. He gets like a flipping meat hook and just hooks the dude in the gooch and flipping hangs him up. Yes. And he says, that's for my flipping dog. You throw a knife at my dog, I'm going to hook your gooch and lift you off the ground. So that was a nice Um, moment for me. Yeah. Um, Any standout lines for you? I mean, there were it, there were plenty to choose from. Uh,
1: to be honest, the only one that really stood out was that awful Tong Po line, and it really hit home. It was just awful. But I can't. There was there was no, there was no other lines that I've written down as like classic kind of um,
0: brilliant See, lines. Let's hear I, yours. I I was so Taylor the guy mm-hmm. because he's a Vietnam vet who's is living in Bangkok now. He's enjoying the flaming strip club lifestyle and, uh, yeah, everything, yeah all the all the, so that's, the
1: first, that's the first thing he does after his brother's been paralyzed taylor takes him to a strip
0: club. <laughs> yeah what better place to drown your sorrows so he takes him straight there and um, for a few perriers and uh oh
1: yeah he, <laughs> and some eye. he just drinks
0: per- perriers, yeah, a couple of it? perriers and some eye candy and um and then the, he tries to elicit a bit of help from him doesn't he in the process i need to be trained i need you to take yes, me to someone you need to
1: find me someone yeah i need
0: to get involved in getting my own back on freddie lee and Tongpo and all the bodies and then he says um if they try to give taylor a bit of depth because of his his history as a vet and he says, I don't want your blood on my hands. I've got enough already. <laughs> so we go, well, what has he been up to? Oh, I suppose he he's just
1: been killing, killing people in Vietnam, I yeah, imagine. He's been that's what that's wiping out to. Viet Cong in the yeah. droves.
0: So he's yeah. got enough already. And he's just drowning his sorrows in, in Bangkok. Watering <laughs> his way through Bangkok.
1: You thought he'd go to a completely different kind of country because Vietnam and, and Thailand are very close and like, I assume that there's some similarities in in kind of culture a little bit. You'd have thought he'd want to just like get back to the states and and forget all about Vietnam.
0: May, well, I suppose Bangkok's got that reputation for being a hedonistic. Yeah, maybe spot. You know, right? V- Vietnam. And, and
1: and he can kind of get away with it. It's like nobody's going to look down on him there as as yeah.
0: I'm yeah he can just live it up, up can't, yeah. it, can't he? Rotting yeah. my way through the clubs, yeah, and fair the enough. bars. So that's that's pretty much all I've got to say about um, Kickboxer. Can,
1: can I say one more thing about it? Mm-hmm. And that is that the whole film has a feel of a six form uh, new, <laughs> uh, student film. Your
0: project.
1: Yeah, it does. They've, they've got a bigger budget, but they've just gone, should we go for a jolly in Thailand yeah. and we'll film some scenes and we'll we'll ad hoc create this... This storyline, and it'll be about Mutai and and stuff. It's so shoddy and shonky, and just real. And the fact that, like, because the, the storyline doesn't make any sense from any point at any time. Yeah, and then they th- it's that bit where they just like yeah they kidnap Eric, and it's just so they can have guns. It's just like we haven't we haven't had really any guns yeah, in this film that's yet. True, we, yeah. we need we need to have some guns. Let's kidnap Eric. Will will have Taylor go in with with some guns and shoot the place up because there's not enough violence in this, mm. in this film.
0: It seems to me like Van Damme has got a connection in Hollywood. Yes. Because this was still kind of early in his career. It was a little yeah. bit of a breakthrough film, not breakthrough necessarily, but it it put him out there as an action martial arts Mm -hmm. prospect for future movies of that ilk. And um, it seems like he's just gone, I've got this guy, I know he's a producer, he can pull together a director. Um, I've got my mate Dennis, he's a Muay Thai champ, we'll get him involved somehow, we'll machinate a story about a Muay Thai competition. I can be the lead, I can do a bit of Muay Thai, I'm a karate (laughs) champ back in Belgium, but I can do some Muay Thai. And then that's it. Get some budget. Where can we shoot this? Let's go to Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's just the weakest story and the weakest yeah. weakest plot, but with some relatively for, certainly for 1989, 88, reasonably high production value because <laughs> they've got some kind of connection in Hollywood <laughs> and they've managed to pull together this this film Um, that's then put Van Damme on the map. And that's it. Hollywood was trying to shake him then for the next 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I think that draws us to a close. It does. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Kickboxer um, certainly bears no cultural uh, and or artistic significance, but it was a good, nice trip down memory lane for us in terms of the utter schlock movies we used to watch (laughs) so until next time we will see you all and on